Welcome to the Alien Probe Podcast Bigfoot Breakdown episode. Today we will be discussing crazy Bigfoot theories. Whether or not you believe in Bigfoot, chances are you live pretty close to somebody who does. Sasquatch sightings have been reported in every state but Hawaii. Hawaii? Who wouldn't want to go to Hawaii? I don't know why Bigfoot is... Okay. Over the course of several centuries, in the process, a number of bizarre theories have been put forth to explain how mysterious beasts came to be. Reproduce and cons constantly evade us. You may not want to research this, so we'll break it down for you. I'm here with Debbie today. How are you, Deb? Doing great. Living in a house under construction, but other than that, yeah. life is good. Relegated, you know, from 10 rooms down to one. I'm in one room with everything I own. Including no, two hairy dogs. No doors, no That's lights. Right. I, saw that do yeah, I saw that door off the bathroom. That's convenient. <laughs> I love that. Deb, is Bigfoot real? Well, it seems a lot of people believe in Bigfoot, and many have their own theories as to what he is, where he comes from. We should say it. This he, she thing. Hardworking yeah. hard, <laughs> Bigfoot research organizations. There's no females? No, never are they talking about. They stay in hiding completely. Hardworking Bigfoot research organizations are trekking through the woods of North America and the rest of the world, trying to get to the bottom of this mystery. As of yet, the big guy hasn't given up his secrets. You know, I just, history, or I don't know which channel, Nat Geo, there's, there's a lot of... Uh, those shows on and it's it's wild the amount it's almost eclipses the ufo phenomenon you know it's i'm i'm just, it seems like you know well because this is something we assume is living among us is you know the aliens would be coming here from another planet that's kind of a different whole different science mm -hmm. as well but these are things that supposedly live in our mountains they live in our caves and we should be able to see them. So there's just this whole group of people that wants to meet this thing who lives in our world, I guess. I don't know. It just seems like that Oak Island thing where, you know, they're right on the cusp of getting well, it. We're just right there. It just, we can't. Turn. It's almost there. Yeah. Yeah. That's well, because if we don't get close, then we're not going to keep trying. So maybe the Sasquatch is just hiding behind a tree. Going, <laughs> I'm just a little bit closer. Just, yeah. You almost found me. Since no Bigfoot has been willing to come forward. Nobody's ever captured one. How do we really know anything at all about this monstrous man-ape? There's supposed evidence, blurry photographs, videos, plaster footprint casts, a few hair samples, but nothing definitive. Most of our knowledge comes from first-hand reports. Allegedly, people see Bigfoot all over the world. Unfortunately, it seems that people without cameras. <laughs> All those with cameras that can't focus very well and are more likely to encounter the beast. From these accounts and legends, we've pieced together a picture of a large, hairy, bipedal humanoid we call Bigfoot. Shouldn't an eight-foot monster supposedly lurking in every corner of the continent be easier to track down? Eventually, we'll have to ask ourselves if we're missing something. Could there be more to this mystical creature than we realize? Here's some interesting and some not-so-interesting <laughs> phenomenal, but... Here's some interesting, here's some theories. A DNA test proved that Bigfoot is a part human hybrid and deserves U.S. citizenship. That's right. There's a Texas veterinarian named Melba Ketchum. She claimed last November to have proved via Sasquatch DNA samples that the legendary apes are partially human. She even went so far as to insist that the government recognize them as an indigenous people 
and immediately protect their human and constitutional rights. That's pretty wild. Can they vote? I don't know. That, maybe that's where all the they, maybe they can't. Maybe that's where all the missing Trump votes went. <laughs> the government secretly removed burnt Sasquatch corpses from Mount St. Helens after the 1980 eruption. That's what they say. Following the disaster, a few witnesses reported seeing federal helicopters carrying off charred remains of several Sasquatches from that area. What's a federal They say like, or are they just all black with no numbers? What's a fed helicopter? It's a federal, well, because, you know, there, there was this volcanic eruption, so the feds immediately came feds. and started searching for Sasquatches. That's what they do. Okay. Prior to this eruption, um, Mount St. Helens was already a hot spot for supposed eight men sightings since the 20s. So many of these stories were recorded that a nearby gorge was eventually named Ape Canyon. Interesting, they'd be treated like a UFO crash and alien retrieval. Can Bigfoot really be a caveman? In 2007, um, a Vancouver Island resident named Robert Wilson claimed to have seen what he thought was a bear. Then he drove down and saw what he could only describe as a large, hairy man who looked caveman-like with sort of Neanderthal features. It was big as a bear, easily. Expanding on this claim, a 2011 History Channel documentary proposed the Sasquatch might not be a giant ape at all, but it could be some kind of prehistoric human. How about Bigfoot alien theory? Of course, this is my favorite, because you know that. Doug loves his alien oh, theory. Oh, I love this. Love any, this theory. Any theory that involves an alien. That's right. Well, some people believe Bigfoot may be an alien species. It was dropped off here by visitors from another world for reasons known only to them. That's kind of cruel. Yeah. As odd as this sounds, there does seem to be a correlation between increases in Bigfoot sighting and increases in UFO activity. Of course, they're in the same place. But what point could there be to this strange relationship between aliens and Bigfoot? Maybe these Sasquatch creatures are a type of experiment. Aliens would leave them on our planet for a while and then collect them again after a period of time. Since they are apparently so similar to us, the alien visitors may be able to see all kinds of results that exposure to our earthly environment has had on them. Maybe this is a kinder, gentler way for aliens to get information about the human race, rather than all that inconvenient abducting and probing. Perhaps Bigfoot is a hybrid of some sort, a cross between humans and some kind of creature that exists in an alien homeworld. Or maybe the alien race is somehow attempting to reverse engineer human DNA. And this Bigfoot creature is the closest thing they've come up with so far. The Bigfoot alien theory certainly is among the most bizarre of the Bigfoot theories. We could speculate forever, but I suppose alien involvement could explain why no specimen has ever been captured, why no carcasses have been found, and why Bigfoot seems to be here one instant and gone the next. In 1973, Pennsylvanian UFO researcher Stan Gordon Notice an increase in sightings of Sasquatches entering and exiting the extraterrestrial vessels. Fascinated by the possibility that the mysterious primates may actually, may actually hail from another planet, Gordon quickly set up a UFO Bigfoot hotline, which still runs to this day. Yes, I like this theory. Oh, yeah. Sasquatches occasionally sodomize domestic cows. There you <laughs> go. Yeah, and to you, Deb. <laughs> so, as you know, Doug... 
Animal on animal bestiality is far from uncommon. Accordingly, more than a few farmers claim to have witnessed male big feet, that's the plural of a bigfoot, getting intimate with some unfortunate bovines. Where is Gary Larson when you need him? <laughs> it's like there's some far side jokes about you Just can't make this shit up. Huh? <laughs> and Sasquatches appear in the Bible? Well, a few modern creationists have argued that the giants briefly mentioned in the book of Genesis were actually big feet. We all know the story of how old brother Cain struck the blow that laid his brother Abel low. We've all heard how God set a mark on Cain, cursed him to wander upon the earth. But what happened to Adam and Eve's son after that fateful day? According to the poem Beowulf, Cain gave birth, but Cain didn't give birth. Cain, I think Cain gave birth. Cain, I think Cain's wife gave birth to some rather <laughs> ugly kids. Cain gave birth, like Grendel and his dear old Ma. A few folks think Cain's descendants roam the forests of North America today. They are condemned to live apart from the rest of society, so they grew long hair and morphed into terrible beasts. There's also the tale of Apostle David W. Patton. According to the legend, it was a fine day in 1835 and Patton was riding down the Tennessee road when a tall, shaggy man stepped out of the woods. As the tale goes, Patton believed the creature was Cain himself and they spent the next few hours chatting about spiritual matters. Fast forward a bit to the 1980s and some Church of Latter-day Saints members started suspecting the figure was in fact a modern-day Sasquatch. If you're not partial to the Cain theory, there are several other biblical options you can choose from. Some say Bigfoot is related to Esau, Jacob's older, hairier brother. There's also the Nephilim theory that fallen angels and human women have had children together. Now we're on a slippery, slu slippery slope. Yes, we are. Looks like 10% of Sasquatches might be gay. So we'll take... That's not according to us. <laughs> oh, no. That's is, according to cryptozoologist Lauren Coleman. It's okay if there is 10%. I'm just saying. I don't know how they come up with this. I'm, I'm not that into statistics. Okay. I, don't. I um, like numbers, but I don't know. Cryptozoologist Lauren Coleman recalls once having lightheartedly, because who wouldn't, wondered aloud if 10% of the Bigfoot population might be gay, which would match the uh, figures we have on Homo sapiens, being gay. Days later, he was shocked to discover a slew of angry emails that denounced him for calling Bigfoot homosexual. Yeah, that'll do it. But really, who, you know, who cares? <laughs> you know, do Sasquatches bury their dead? Well, one of the most jarring questions for cryptozoologists is, if Sasquatches are real, why don't we ever find their bodies? Yeah, I want to clarify it. It's not that who cares if they're gay. It's like who cares about that percentage. I don't want to, you know. I want to just give a clarification there. I, it's, I think the, I think the Bigfoots are you know good with however. I just I, I don't you know. know. Well, well, according to the end of that that segment well, there, those, those people didn't <laughs> the people it, we can see. But Bigfoot are upset has about Bigfoot it. has not come forward and said he feels judged. So. Okay, because I certainly don't want that to be a thing. Okay, well. For the burying their dead, which we that many are many believers argue that not unlike modern elephants, maybe the Bigfoot bury their dead. So that's why we're not finding their corpses because yeah, they, but we they take care of it. Yeah, but the thing is, I mean, 
Would you, we, do we ever dig up the we earth? We never dig up any, never big, dig you up. know, it, just the fact that we did, well, we could dig up a Tyrannosaurus Rex, but never. Well, we found the the elephant burial ground. Yeah, well, sure, we found them. We didn't find any Bigfoot. We found T-Rex. We well, they're much better. everything else, but no Bigfoot. Well, that's because the government comes and takes them out with helicopters. They take them out and they put them, yeah, they take the bones and put them somewhere. See, you know, we've got right the, Air Force Base. See, this is what we're coming to now. The story, and what about the story about the government capturing a live Sasquatch in 99? So, in 1999, there were a number of simultaneous fires um, that ravaged Battle Mountain, Nevada. An injured Bigfoot supposedly was spotted in the carnage, and he was whisked away by government officials for treatment. There's a brief summary of the story uh, available at the Sierra Tahoe Bigfoot Research blog, if you're interested in looking into more on that. Then there is also one of my favorites, the invisibility theory. So you remember the movie The Predator? I do. With Arnold Schwarzenegger? I do. One, also Our, also one of my favorite movies because you know I like Arnold Schwarzenegger. I know he's also a fan of yours. Yeah, I love Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> and if you're was, a state worker. When he was do. our governor at our very first ever pay cut in California. <laughs> Arnold is not going to live to listen to this podcast if he has to put up with this abuse. He probably is going to stop listening right now, isn't he? <laughs> Dang it, we I had him. We got a hit from Arnold. We had him. So Bigfoot and the Predator actually have a lot in common. They're big, they're bipedal, and they, have big they feet. probably don't exist in real life. They both have big feet. Remember, the Predator feet were big. They both also have cloaking abilities that allow them to disappear whenever people show up in the woods. That's some of the some of the nuttier folks in the Bigfoot community claim that anyway. And it's an easy explanation to why it's so hard to find this giant monkey. So of all these, they're the nutty ones. Of the, the 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 invisible, the people that believe in the visibility, they're the nutty ones. Of course. I mean, you, <laughs> well, the, I mean you, you know, you're a cryptozoologist, then, you know, you can't be considered nutty. Yeah, no, this is, yeah, you're, everything's based on fact and research. Well, yeah, some posit that Bigfoot can vibrate his body at such a high speed that it distorts the light around him and it causes him to appear invisible. Others claim his translucent hair reflects like a mirror. Coupled with dark skin, reflective hairs can blend Bigfoot into the scenery just like a special ops sniper, because they're all silver-haired. And well, yeah, that's a slam <laughs> on the special ops sniper community. Sorry, sorry in advance. As proof, the cloaking crowd offers quite a few photographs of nothing because he's invisible. If you look hard enough at these pictures, supposedly you'll see an outline of Bigfoot, similar to how the predator appears in the 1987 film. Of course, the real culprit here is a lot of wishful thinking and a heaping dose of pareidolia. Um, yeah, well, you, you look at the, you guys can't see the picture, but you no, know, you don't see anything. And Bigfoot is actually a ground sloth. This is uh, interesting. Most Bigfoot believers assume Sasquatch is some sort of hominid. Hominid, hominid. After all, he supposedly walks around on two legs, has primate-like arms, and even possesses a humanish face. Of course, there's always the possibility he's actually an extinct ground sloth that evolved to look like an ape. According to one far-out theory, Bigfoot might actually be a member of the su superorder Xenothara, <laughs> which could make him related to anteaters and armadillos. 
this theory may not be based on evidence, but it, like most of this other theories, but it is based on a lack of evidence. For example, a theory that's based on lack of evidence. <laughs> Sloths have internal testicles. That okay. have, you ever, have you ever seen Bigfoot's testicles? Uh, well, it, he lives in a lot of cold. He lives in a lot of cold areas, so maybe you just you know. So, um, moving forward, uncanny, eh? <laughs> Similarly, sloths digest food slowly. It might take anywhere from one to three weeks for food to pass through a sloth's guts. Perhaps that's why we never found the remains of a Bigfoot's meal. Since he has a sloth gut, Bigfoot can go weeks without food. And then there's maybe the disease almost wiped out. Maybe disease almost wiped the species out. Sure, because when the Europeans came to the New World, they brought all their viruses. Researchers believe over 20 million Native Americans lost their lives to foreign diseases. And according to one theory, the same thing might have happened to Bigfoot. The story goes that Bigfoot and all his hairy friends were having a good old time in North America until the humans showed up and crashed the party. These short, smooth invaders brought along a bunch of new sicknesses, and the Sasquatch immune system just could not cope. In addition to the viruses, humans were also packing weapons and kicked the Bigfoot people out of their territory, forcing them to retreat deep into the woods. Evidently, Bigfoot are a lot smarter than they look. They figured out humans were bad news and decided to stay hidden. Over the years, the Bigfoot elders taught their youngsters that devil people, which was us, were, yeah, monsters, were monsters and not to be trusted. They were probably right. That's the reason Bigfoot doesn't come out of hiding and join humanity or try trading with us. They learned their lesson long ago, so they'll just stay undiscovered. Thank you very much. How about Bigfoot the psychic? No one can catch Bigfoot because he's psychic. According to Linda Joe Martin, self-proclaimed telepath, Martin believes Bigfoot picks up on the vibes of people traipsing through the woods. If it senses a cameraman or scientist coming its way, the Bigfoot disappears, leaving the glory hounds behind. That's why Martin thinks it's a good idea to bring a psychic along on a Bigfoot expedition. I always do. How come I get these categories? With the help of a little ESP, researchers could tell the Bigfoot they mean in no harm, and even ask it to hang out for a little while. Of course, Martin warns that most of the time Bigfoot will probably say no. Martin comes. Martin isn't the only one that, who makes these claims. Writing for the Huffington Post, Connie Willies tells of the time she woke up during a camping trip and sensed two Sasquatches outside her tent. This is what you want. <laughs> this is what you came to see. One of them, two unconscious. One. <laughs> one of them said. <laughs> one of them said inside her brain. But Connie, okay, this is what you came to see, one of them said inside her brain. But Connie was too terrified to unzip the tent, or perhaps too unconscious to wake up. After deciding she didn't want to see them, the Bigfoot disappeared without a trace. Bigfoot is really good at vanishing, especially at Kawani Lapersitis, is to be believed. If Lapsuritis. The author of Psychic Sasquatch, Lap. Seridus says Bigfoot can slip in and out of various dimensions whenever it, it mentions whenever it needs to escape. It just parts through the curtains of the universe and steps into the next. 
Lasperidis also claims to know Bigfoot's true purpose on Earth, as it turns out. The big guy's actually a protector of the environment and uses its telepathic power to let people know they're destroying the planet. That's right. Pick up after yourselves, people. I'm going to give you this one. Could Bigfoot be a troll? Could he be a troll? Not, we're talking not internet trolls. We're talking about the sort of <laughs> troll, like the ones that live under a bridge, the ones that, that turn into stone in the sunlight and do battle with Jim Varney on Halloween. Obviously, to accept this theory, you've got to believe trolls exist outside of Scandinavian folklore, as, you know, the three billy goats gruff and yeah. the bridge. And yeah. Once you've cleared that little hurdle, you can turn to the mountains of evidence. First, according to the theory... Trolls are 90% mental, 10% physical, meaning they really mostly exist in our imagination. In reality, a troll is more of a vibration than an actual being. In fact, it exists partly in our world and partly in another. And since trolls aren't totally physically here on Earth, they show up pretty blurry in Bigfoot photos. Consider that scientists have never found Bigfoot hair or DNA. Well, except the lady who did the DNA test. And but, it was know, just we're, not We Bigfoot. haven't really accepted her. No, since that was human. And since trolls exist on a very different plane, any physical evidence magically vanishes. If you were to find any concrete proof of Bigfoot's existence, it'd just turn into a stone or a piece of straw the next day. And then you're going to look stupid. <laughs> Finally, the most compelling piece of evidence, Bigfoot tracks often disappear into thin air. You could just be following a perfectly normal set of Sasquatch prints when suddenly they just vanish. That's because trolls can appear and disappear on a whim. Okay, okay, I got this one. <laughs> could Bigfoot work for E.T.? Anyone familiar with Bigfoot has probably heard the Sasquatch is an alien theory. People like Dr. Franklin Rule point to stories dating back to 1888 in their attempt to prove Bigfoot is an extraterrestrial who occasionally visits Earth in his UFO. However, some believers take this out-otherworldly theory even further, claiming Bigfoot is actually an alien servant doing E.T.'s bidding on Earth. I like this. One of these folks is named Lyle Van. Quite the colorful character, Mr. Van is claimed to have, have seen Bigfoot on at least... How many? 31. 31 occasions. And that's not counting all the times he's met their outer space overlords. According to Van, aliens need gold and other precious metals to power their spacecraft. Now, this is what we're missing at Area 51. They're not <laughs> applying the gold, the gold when doing the reverse engineering. However, Martian, you know, because, you know, the government's cheap. Well, you know, they spend a lot of money, but they're They're trying cheap. to use nickel. However, Martians are sadly lacking in the muscle department. I don't know why they think they're Martians from Mars. Since it's difficult for them to haul all that gold, they have Bigfoot to do all the heavy lifting. Maybe that's how they did the pyramids. They had a bunch of Bigfoot securing all the Well, yeah, with the aliens telling, pointing, and you know, yeah. doing their bidding. Huh. However, there are those who make Visser Van sound like Neil deGrasse Tyson. Jesse Denson is one of those fellows. Denson believes Bigfoot is a robot developed by several a. Did I want this category? Yeah. Developed you're... by. <laughs> I know. You like this. This is good for you. Come on. I don't know if I like the the robot theory, but anyway, several 
developed by several alien nations over the past several million years. You think they could have done better? Remember that movie Pacific Rim where they all got yeah, into the they, giant they were all in like the that. giant robots yeah, in, just like in the this. ocean. Okay. Whenever they visit Earth, aliens slip into their Bigfoot ATVs and start meandering through the forest, controlling their suits manually or through brain power. These suits allow aliens to spy on humans, but there's also pleasure vehicles. Of course they are. It, you know, SUVs, allowing E.T. to unwind from the galactic grind and run aground and run aground, run around, run around in the forest dressed like a monkey. It's like a monkey. And then there's, oh, this is yours. Uh -huh. Classic. <laughs> yeah. Part human, part lemur. Okay, Doug, look <laughs> in the mirror. <laughs> now imagine a Bigfoot. I, yeah, yeah, uh -huh. I can. You got it? it. I got it. Okay, do you notice? I can't grow a beard. I can not say it for a year, and I couldn't grow a bigfoot beard. Don't you notice? A, you notice, notice a resemblance. Yeah. Okay, you got to add the facial hair. Sure, but Sasquatch's forehead is probably a bit bigger than yours, and there's something strange about those eyes. Yes, absolutely. Now look at a picture of a lemur, because you know you've got one in the bathroom right next and, to the mirror. And suddenly everything clicks into place. <laughs> Bigfoot is definitely a human lemur crossbreed. I mean, what else could he be? <laughs> Most of us were unaware of this Bigfoot's heritage until, again, we go back to Texas veterinarian Melba Ketchum. Melba. Melba has known of the Dallas creature's Melba. crazy origins for some time. With the help of enthusiasts around the country, Ketchum collected a wide variety of hair, blood, spit, and skin. Of course, nobody actually saw where these hair and toenails came from, but when in doubt, blame it on Bigfoot. Yeah. After she gathered enough evidence. Like Seal's nails. Does he have nails? Oh, do not Big talk about nails. No. Oh, do not talk about toenails. <laughs> no, for sure, because they look like, you know, 50 cent pieces. <laughs> It could be just some old man. Those toenails can't grow. So after she gathered enough evidence, Ketchum ran a DNA analysis on her samples. Just sent it on in. Here. <laughs> much to her. Twenty-three and me. <laughs> much to her surprise, you are ninety percent Sasquatch. <laughs> she discovered the mitochondrial DNA was human, and the nuclear DNA belonged to an unknown hominid. So it's the mom. Mitochondria comes from your mother, and the nuclear comes from your father. And Ketchum theorized that around 15,000 years ago, a now extinct giant lemur mated with a female <laughs> human, which is not legal. Yeah, of course it did. That is not legal. Yeah, but it was back then. Like, <laughs> the, 15,000 years ago. The, re the result was Bigfoot. Yeah, exactly. Ketchum's idea didn't go over too well with the scientific community. Shocking. As the human DNA in her samples, as the human DNA in her samples undoubtedly came from an actual human, her study was rejected by every single legitimate science journal. But then it did pop up in a publication called De Novo, a journal she created expressly to, you know, a journal created expressly for lemur therapy. Yeah, because that would, yeah, that would lend some legitimacy. Because how many? Um, you're probably going to get a lot of public, a lot of, you know, submissions about lemurs. That's a tough one to get behind. <laughs> Just a bit. North American ape theory. What about this? <laughs> what no, about this is more this? likely. This is the uh, most prevalent theory um, is that Bigfoot is a highly evolved, I don't know how evolved since. Highly evolved. Highly evolved. We don't know that he's, you know, has cars or, you know, any kind of. He's evolved. You can't make anything. He's just evolved personal. He's personal. 
he's a um, highly evolved great ape of some sort, a species some researchers have referred to theoretically as the North American ape, which fits with the description of Sasquatch through the years. But what would, where would this ape have come from? We call him this the Bigfoot Giganto theory. Hell yeah. Which is it's an interesting concept that says Bigfoot may trace his family tree back to a giant 10-foot-tall ape species known as Gigantopithecus blackie. Blackie. This massive creature went extinct long ago, but some researchers speculate that Giganto may have evolved into what we call the Yeti in Asia. Yeti ancestors may have then followed ancient humans across the Bering Land Bridge into North America during the time of the last Ice Age. That was a good movie, Ice Age. Oh, yeah. This accounts for two similar creatures, the Sasquatch and the Yeti, that exist so far apart and gives us an explanation for Bigfoot. Okay, we haven't found a Yeti yet either, right? We haven't found a skeleton I'm sure they've for a Yeti. Well, no, but they've been but haven't seen. they found, I think they've found hair or something, they say, but really? I don't know. Seem to have seen in one of those shows I watched. Polar bear hair. Many experts believe Sasquatch is a species of undocumented ape. As nice and neat as this theory seems, theory seems <laughs> there are many problems with it from a paleontology perspective. But even if Bigfoot doesn't evolve as a result of the giganto connection, by most modern accounts, he does seem to be some kind of ape. There's no fossil record of apes in North America. But that doesn't necessarily mean anything. Fossils don't preserve well in forests, and there are many scavengers to clean up any carcasses, just like T-Rex carcasses. That's you right. Know? They're gone. Yeah, we can find those. However, it's hard to explain how such a large creature could leave so few clues that I even that it even exists. In the end, is this theory still this theory still presents us with a flesh and blood creature that biologists ought to be able to track down? You'd think. Is Bigfoot human? What if Bigfoot isn't an ape at all? What if he's more like us? Many Bigfoot witnesses say the creature is very human-like. In some native and even early European American cultures, Sasquatch is referred to as a man, not an animal. This does make sense on a few different levels. Many people don't realize there have been several species of humans on this planet, not just we, the Homo sapiens. Like any other animal, our family tree has some twists, some turns, and some dead ends. Some species merged and evolved into what we are today. Some died off. Do any of them fit the description of Bigfoot? No, well, kind of. Homo heidelbergensis. That's such a hard word to say. Homo heidelbergensis. It's an. It's an. Ginsis. It's not. What can it, mean genesis? It's not. It's genesis. Not genesis. Genesis. Is an extinct human ancestor. Everybody taking notes. <laughs> Everybody look it up. <laughs> that lived. It's an extinct human ancestor that lived half a million years ago. Some researchers originally speculated there were a very robust species standing much taller than modern humans and with very heavy musculature. Yeah, they have to be muscled, you know, because they got to help the uh, ETs, uh, you know, get the gold for their ships. Well, yeah, they've got things they got to get done here. We now mm -hmm. know that most of them weren't much different in average height than modern humans, but some specific populations may indeed have been a little bit taller. What are the odds that a remote population of very large Homo heidelbergensis or another primitive human relative survived and migrated to North America? This would explain a few things, such as the extremely high level of intelligence Bigfoot is said to possess, for one. It would also explain 
how Sasquatch could survive in harsh climates by hunting. If Heidelbergensis learned to fear Homo sapiens. Just call him H. 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 It wouldn't make like D H. It wouldn't make sense that it would try to hide from us at all costs. Like a few of the most popular Bigfoot theories, this one still leaves us with problems. If they could use stone tools, even H used stone tools. And a social human, and and they were a social human species that lived in groups. They would almost certainly leave other evidence behind. This early human was likely far more advanced than Bigfoot appears to be, and the chance that it would culturally forgotten its ways is illogical and unlikely. In the end, if Bigfoot is a human, we should find more evidence of him than we do. Oh, I got this one. Is Sasquatch a forest spirit? Hell yeah. Let's be sure to cover all the bases. Yeah, we can't leave this out. What if this creature doesn't exist in the natural world at all? Is it just luck and happenstance that the only people who ever see Bigfoot are totally unprepared to document the encounter? It's an odd paradox that a creature so secretive that it has not even been properly documented by science seems to readily reveal itself to moving cars, hunters wearing orange camouflage, and teenagers wandering along dirt roads, looking down, zombie walking, looking at their phones, not looking where they're going. How could they even see Bigfoot? Of course, even in this age where everyone is carrying a smartphone with a camera attached, and, he, and nobody who claims to spot Bigfoot ever snaps a picture. Sure, they're startled and shaken up by the encounter, but during tsunamis, earthquakes, street riots, you know, street racing, you know, everything else, and every other terrifying event, people will record video and take pictures. However, some witnesses will claim to observe a Sasquatch for 30 seconds, and it never occurs to them to take a photo. Why not? I don't know. We kind of we take a picture of everything we see. Would it not scare the shit out of you? Would you think to grab your phone? Hey, you know what? Hang on. Well, usually it's in your hand. You'd be texting anyway, probably. <laughs> usually I it's send in you your a hand. picture. Usually it's in your hand. Oh you. wait! Oh, I gotta, I gotta yeah. show this to Doug. Is it possible that Bigfoot is a forest spirit, a supernatural guardian of the earth and woodlands? Might this be why witnesses, almost said waitresses, this is why waitresses report, this is why witnesses report being mesmerized by encounters, and might this be why so few have the wherewithal to go for their cell phone camera? Indeed, in some parts of North America, Native Americans regard Bigfoot, they, even Native Americans have cell phones, right? They regard Bigfoot as a supernatural being and often a messenger of the natural world. This is similar to the way indigenous peoples of Nepal and Tibet view the Yeti as a spiritual entity. Perhaps Europeans and modern researchers have missed the mark, so to speak, when it comes to understanding the true nature of Sasquatch. Maybe there is so little evidence because this is simply there is simply none to find. So is Bigfoot a myth? Well... Let's see. So far, each of these Bigfoot theories is more bizarre than the one that came before. But here's one that's the most devout skeptic can get their brain around. What if Bigfoot only exists in our minds as a sort of ancestral memory passed down over thousands and thousands of years? I miss this. It's not on my mind. Of -hmm. course, this explains why nobody has found any evidence. But it does not account for why the legend is so ingrained in the cultures of North America, both ancient and present day. One way to explain this 
looking at ancient, ancient people's way of remembering history through storytelling. Many Native American tribes, and we presume the primitive tribes who crossed the Bering Strait, they kept history based on oral tradition. They had no written language. They had only the stories passed on from generation to generation. If early human ancestors shared the forest of Asia with a creature such as Gigantopithecus, these stories and accounts may have survived to recent times, passed G, on. Just G. G. I don't want to call him G. He <laughs> deserves the whole name of Jim. Gigantopithecus. These, these accounts would have been passed on by the indigenous tribes of the Americas. These Native American Bigfoot legends would have been passed down to early European explorers who no doubt were mystified by the project, prospect of such a fantastic creature living in their new world. Naturally, the Europeans would have built upon the myth themselves and perpetuated it to the present day. This satisfies skeptics and explains why there is little physical evidence, but it doesn't account for all these reported sightings. If Bigfoot really isn't real, why are so many people spotting him? It's hard to say. Next, the bizarre tale of invisible Bigfoot at the Lawrence Livermore National Laboratory. That's a big introduction there. It seems that secret government facilities have the habit of attracting conspiracies and strange stories around them, like moths to a flame. I actually live, that's down in the Bay Area, and um, of course now we're up in the Sacramento area, but I lived probably 20 minutes from this facility when I never saw any Bigfoot, but since most people are not allowed into these areas, we always wondered what was in there, though. Well, see, I had a brother-in-law who was a chief of security there, I and not we once. we do some questioning. Not once over Thanksgiving dinner did I get any Bigfoot stories. He's top secret. He probably, he probably wasn't. They didn't allow him into that part of the lab. We are left to wonder what is going on behind closed doors and often take to coming up with some wild tales. Because, you know, if you don't know anything, you just can make it up. Well, duh. One such laboratory is located in California and has been involved with all manner of legitimate research across scientific disciplines, but also has its fair share of oddness, such as the times they were keeping invisible interdimensional Bigfoot in an underground compound. That's where you keep him. What? <laughs> located in Livermore, again, in the United States, everybody realizes it's Livermore. In the United States, the Lawrence Livermore National Lab, the LLNL, is a federally owned research facility originally founded by the University of California, Berkeley, in 1952. When it was called the University of California Radiation Laboratory at Livermore, I guess that would be a very popular That's a, name today, no, would it? We don't like to hear radiation. Yeah, it's not as cool as it used to be. And it started out as a branch of the Lawrence Berkeley National Laboratory. Can you imagine the amount of propeller heads that are in that thing? Oh, yeah. Since 1981, it has been a federally funded research and development center aimed at doing various types of multidiscipline research related to national security and solving ways to deal with issues such as threats to energy production and environmental security. What is environmental security? We're going to make sure our environment's secure. That's right. With most of these projects classified, the lab... With classified. The lab was traditionally involved with designing missile warheads as well. I can see the connection. Uh -huh. Missile warheads, Bigfoot. And it also historically very involved with nuclear weapon plutonium and radiation research. Indeed founded partially to compete with the nuclear weapon design laboratory at Los Alamos in New Mexico. 
known for its Manhattan Project because you know we have to compete. Yeah, competition is good. You have to have competition because you know really, what would companies be without it? Although we are on the same team, kind of hard to explain. The Lawrence Livermore National Laboratory, the LLNL, is located at a former naval air station of World War II, a highly secured complex which covers approximately one square mile, but also has a highly secretive 7,000-acre remote experimental test site called Site 300, around 15 miles away. With the top-secret nature of this closed-off secretive government facility, in which they carry out classified experience, concerned a mind-boggling range of areas, including biophysics, nuclear, particle accelerator physics, nanotechnology, lasers and, op lasers and optics, biotechnology, genomics, fusion energy, cybersecurity, and medical technology. Did I leave anything out? Uh, there's, I'm sure there's What's others. left? And many others. I mean, we're just going to mention everything. They've got to be involved in everything. It seems like a place ripe for strange conspiracies. Oh, yeah, and then Bigfoot. And, Big, and Bigfoot. Genomics and Bigfoot. and Bigfoot. Yeah. And it has plenty. Yet, among the whispers of experiments with time travel, interdimensional portals, and even housing alien bodies, or reverse engineering alien tech, one of the most bonkers stories along these lines concerns the time the facility supposedly housed the invisible Bigfoot. Why is this so bonkers compared to you know, well, everything else? You want me to tell yeah. this part? The bizarre, rather absurd tale came to light on the website Crypto Mundo. It's like the fawns, right? Is, that, is it Crypto Mundo? Is that the Latin version of the Well, because, the you know, like the, the fawns. Telemundo? Remember the fawns? Everything was, you know, Correcto Mundo. Correcto Mundo. Correcto Mundo. <laughs> there was a commentator who called himself Silver Eagle, came forward with... No, it's not Silver Eagle. Silver Eagle! No, I think he's Silver Eagle. Oh, okay, all right. <laughs> that came okay. forward with an outlandish claim that the Lawrence Livermore National Laboratory once housed a captive Bigfoot at the facility during the 1960s and early 70s, where they were supposedly tested, studied, with the help of some of the scientists from UC Berkeley. It was apparently... Not without incidents, as it seems the first Bigfoot brought in for study managed to breach security and escape to run amok within the complex, getting out of its enclosure, <laughs> like you know, like this, through the unlikely situation of turning itself invisible to walk past the janitor after he opened the door, thinking the room was empty, because of course the janitor is going to have keys to the Bigfoot's room. The commentator asserts that this most certainly a fourth janitor dimensional... security officer. Hey, it's... <laughs> Lawrence exactly. Livermore Lab. The commentator asserts this is most certainly a fourth dimensional entity that could go invisible or even pass through objects at will and claims of the surreal accident. Okay, this is his this is his theory. It remained at large inside the building for a couple of weeks before finding its own way out. There was some panic, but I believe that only a few people stayed at home since it was technically fourth dimensional. I, I'll go in. <laughs> it's a, yeah, oh, you know, no. we're gonna. It's gonna be well, like it's COVID. Out, it's no. outside the building now. But they're probably gonna get the COVID thing. Where well, if you don't feel safe going to work, right. we'll pay you. Well, and so it sounds like a few people stayed at home because they got out of the building. So now it's roaming the neighborhoods of Livermore. Okay. It could even. It may have been in your area. You don't it know. It could have made it into 
you know, into but this, the value. This fourth dimension description wasn't um, decided until a later time um, and at UC Berkeley. He says that possibly Stephen Hawking participated to some degree in the later studies in 74 and 75. The scientists did continue to study the Bigfoot while it was at large. Uh, they did so by standing in front of its travel path and they'd let it walk right through them. They were, they were able to determine that it held no ill will towards its captors. It can walk to, through people, but it should, it should be able to walk through wall, well, well, it's out now. It I, was contained when the janitor let it out. So well, they, they said now, you know, it's roaming at large, but for some reason they're still well, able to inter, find it. It must have an interdimensional portal. I mean, must, and, I mean, in this, in this theory. They can't. It can't just phase into the next dimension. It may, well, you know, it, it may just need a, a passage on a certain And so area. passing through them, that's all. They're they're mobile. But you go through there. people, but you can't. Oh, okay. You know, I mean, I, one of those shows I watched. The thing was, they were in the middle of the forest. These kids were playing this weird, you know, capture the flag game, and you know, two of them were standing there, and they got one guy. They got separated. And they heard this noise, and one kid, the other kid didn't see him. This Bigfoot just starts running at him. And then all of a sudden, it just, like, runs he ran through. right through him. It's like a ghost. You know, mm -hmm. so, I don't know. It's So you're, but you're not a building, so you can. No, but I'm, as far as phasing into fourth dimension, of all the theories, <laughs> really, I mean, I, I'm, even with UFOs and aliens. Yeah. I Either I think they're either from my personal theory, and I've mentioned this before on you know on the podcast. You know my theories are from the future. Maybe these I don't know if these guys are from the future because they're you know like apes, but you know well, they're from it, the sideways. From, I, don't know, I don't know, but I think you know they could be from another dimension. I think they could be from the future and coming. I, mean, I don't know if Bigfoot, but. I do believe in the fourth dimension um, aspect of it. Well, so they um, they said they would let it walk through him, and by doing that, they could tell that it held no ill will towards them. It just wanted out of the building. It just wanted out. <laughs> just wanted out. And this wouldn't be the last Bigfoot to be brought into the lab. Was there a restroom in the? I wonder if there's a restroom. You know, I just wanted... well, if there's a janitor, there must be restrooms. Okay. Right? Yeah. Well, did, what did Bigfoot? Well, what, what happens when he has to go to the bathroom? Is Bigfoot housebroken? Yeah. What? Well, we don't know. Do that Bigfoot toilets? Maybe Bigfoot? that's maybe that's why the janitor had to go in. The jan well, Bigfoot's not here, but there's a giant mess where he was because that doesn't follow. Well, him. you clean that up, Bigfoot. You know, and then you know when he when he drops a deuce, you know, it's kind of like it's not interdimensional. It's it's got to have your scooper. You just get out there with okay. your scooper, scooper. And All right, I got it. Clean up after Bigfoot. Um, this wasn't the last Bigfoot they brought into the lab, and while it's not made explicitly clear what happened to the first guy, <laughs> there would be a second one. It would arrive, and this time, the team was a little bit more prepared. They kept this one under 24-hour surveillance, and they had some multiple special cameras. And they put a restroom in his cell that, could... in his cell that they put him in. <laughs> well, his cell. I don't know why it would want to he's stay under, in there. You know, being under 24-hour surveillance, how do you, you know, if some people doubt, are shy. If in doubt, page it up and see what happens. But you so don't know, these special cameras, they detect it. They, they detect... can detect its ships into the fourth dimension. Yeah, I mean, it can't see the fourth dimension. It just knows when it's facing And they, out. it took extensive readings on it during this time. Um, but then, how you know, this one also escaped in the exact same way. 
I don't know if it's the same janitor. Yeah, this is, bear in mind, this is kind of a DOD thing, and they don't get smart as they go along. Okay. They just kind of... According to Silver Eagle... Didn't this... adjust their tactics. Silver Eagle. According to Silver Eagle, this is what happened <laughs> next. Silver Eagle. I do. You, you see a very different Silver Eagle than I do. <laughs> I see somebody in their mom's the basement. The self-named Silver Eagle. I see a mom's basement. Yeah. <laughs> Some dungeons and dragons. <laughs> I see a guy with a large M16, you know. Mom. With the, <laughs> Mom, I'm busy down here. Mom. Don't come down here, Mom. Stop turning off up the lights, Mom. Silver Eagle. So, okay, so the next one roamed the lab for a couple of weeks. This is according <laughs> yeah, to Silver yeah, Eagle. Yeah. It made the, the, the Bigfoot... <laughs> Made its way to a break room, ate the food, made a mess, and during the night, and then was left, and all this mess was left to be discovered. Yeah, and the it's next like day. it didn't. The people, I know, I have the same problem at work. The people didn't write their names on the stuff in the refrigerator. He doesn't get to just Bigfoot ate whatever he wanted, and then they complained about it. So, and you so, know. so these scientists, they relied on the secretaries to detect where this fourth dimensional Bigfoot was in the building, since secretaries are more sensitive than the men and could better sense the electromagnetic cloud associated with its presence. I find that with women, yeah. That's, yeah, we're, that's we're, a very we're, typical. That's not just Bigfoot. That's everything. We know what's going on. <laughs> Apparently, it liked to sneak up on the secretaries from behind. Oh, yeah. Hello. When they came in for coffee. <laughs> so there was a few dropped coffee pots and some burnt toes. Yeah. They... Um, Okay, so this one, they drove it out of the building. The secretaries could be females, too. It could be males. I'm sorry, it could be males. Not in this world, it can't. Did it say It females? says... Is the, this, where is this, the 50s? The secretaries <laughs> are more a... sensitive than the men. See, the men are the scientists, the women are the secretaries. Did they give us a date? I don't remember. We're in the name. 70s We're here. in the 79 or something? Yeah, no, we're in the early 70s. Early we were in 70s? the 60s and early 70s. Okay, all right. So now this one, I guess because it's bothering the yeah, secretaries. Yeah, we're right at the edge of, yeah, we don't do that. We're, you know, we don't bother. We don't call them secretaries either. So this one's bothering the secretaries. <laughs> so they drove it out of the building by opening up a pathway, propping doors open because, you know. Because what? It can't go through walls? I don't. <laughs> it, and, then, and then to get it out, even though it wanted out, but yeah. they chased it out by banging on pots and pans. And the chased it through the open door. What's the janitor? This like sounds like a job for the janitor. No, the he's got to go clean up the, the secretary. He's got to clean up the do. You know. So apparently there was one scientist that retired early because it was believed that the Bigfoot hypnotized him into going oh. insane. Oh, whoa! Really? Yeah, apparently he didn't respect the Bigfoot for being people, and yeah. firmly thought it to be an animal, and that that's the only injury that Silver Eagle. Silver Eagle. The actual report of all of this was retrieved by the Department of Defense from the lab's library in 79. There's no copies that remained. There are already many questions that spring to mind so far in this completely off-the-wall tale. Poor Silver Eagle. Not the least of which is how did the Bigfoot come to be at the lab in the first place? And how were they captured? Also, how can a janitor let one out of its enclosure accidentally? Wouldn't there be a tighter security on something of this proportion? Why were they not keeping these creatures more secured? And now that I think of it, 
Why were the secretaries <laughs> put in charge of watching? This is like 1950. This yeah. is, Silver Eagle, I think, was born in 1920. So, of watching the second creature. In fact, where did they go? We get no answers from Silver Eagle, and the whole thing is maddeningly vague, maddeningly vague, with the added frustrating detail that all documentation of the events and photographic evidence were destroyed, and there is no longer anyone from this area working there to ask about it. What is made clear is that the Bigfoot are not of reality as we know it, and that the government very much wants to cover up all this, Silver Eagle says. The feds are still quite bent on stifling the Bigfoot research of any kind and by any method. The conclusion of the DOD study was that the Bigfoot cannot be contained, controlled, or communicated with. And it is thought to be of alien in origination. Of course it is. They were wrong on the communication aspect because most anybody can communicate with the Bigfoot given the proper instruction. This Silver Eagle's got quite a bit to say. Yeah. Far more money is spent by the federal government to stifle Bigfoot research than is spent by all Bigfoot researchers put together. Illegal email and phone taps, helicopter and motor vehicle time, electronics or track electronics to track cell phones of researchers who fail to remove the battery from their phones. What does that mean? That's kind of weird. We could, you know, take that. Battery you take out. the battery out, it still won't find you. That's right. Researchers who failed to remove the battery from their phones, even though it's turned off. Automated telephone harassment equipment. Automated telephone harassment. Right. Man hours to both tail and harass researchers. Breaking and entering to steal records and photographs of those who write books. Theft of mail through the USPS, UPS, and FedEx. Picking up Bigfoot bodies and threatening all who witnessed it. Other than that, the feds couldn't give a rat's ass about whether Bigfoot is proven or not. Okay, so you find the, you have the Bigfoot, you find a dead one, the feds show up. If you say anything, oh, you're, you're well, they dead should... or put me in jail or do something with your tax returns. Maybe they have that, that men in black thing that just erases your brain. Yeah, it has that little that, well, that, yeah, that... reset. So what's going on here? How does Silver Eagle know any of this? <laughs> when the post was first put on Crypto Mundo, <laughs> back in 2007, there were understandably people who wanted more answers. One of these was the site administrator and cryptozoologist, Craig Woolheater. Woolheater. He directly contacted Silver Eagle for follow-up and questioned him about it. One of the fir first things that Woolheater asked was, where did you get this information? To which Silver Eagle responded, I listened to source as Stephen Hawking. I have listened to him in the past. All chose to fail to interview him. People are free to poke around Berkeley with all the retired professors. Lawrence Berkeley has a science exhibit building that is open to the public. Do they have a museum or anything? I with guess Bigfoot. so. Yeah. They were fully aware of both the Bigfoot in captivity and the invisibility in 1975. It was common knowledge back then. Oh, yeah. I heard. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, I remember it all in the papers, mm -hmm. the Tribune. Two successful Southern Oregon Bigfoot researchers by the name of Ray Rosa and Shelley Binkley had one of the Bigfoot, had one of the Bigfoot that they were working with transition into an orb. Hell yeah. yeah. In front of their eyes. Now, an orb, what is an orb? Isn't that a it's ghost? It's a ghost. Yes, it is. That will be real easy for you to verify. The orb trick was also first revealed in the Lawrence Livermore Lab Bigfoot study 
I just didn't post it because I didn't think that the viewers could handle they that. They can't handle it. The problem is, but they can handle Bigfoot wandering around and eating all the break room food. That's right. The problem is, in reality, none of, none of this is easy to verify at all. Stephen Hawking is the best of my knowledge. To the best of my knowledge, never said anything about invisible fourth dimensional Bigfoot at the Lawrence Livermore, the LLNL, Lawrence <laughs> Livermore National Laboratory. And there is no corroborating account of anything concerning this whole wild tale, as far as I can tell. There is no additional report, none of the alleged footage, no report remaining because it was whisked away. Nothing. This is not to d dismiss it out of hand, but there is no evidence whatsoever that anything remotely like this ever happened outside of this one account without any verifiable sources at all or at least someone else's own account of the events we are sadly left with very little to go on here another thing that wool heater asked about was the alleged invisibility powers of the bigfoot kept at the lab invisibility is not necessarily a new concept in bigfoot studies and i've even written on this sort of thing before but it's still very much a fringe concept within cryptozoology at large. However, Silver Eagle claims that accepting this aspect of the creatures is key to finding them and understanding their true nature. And he minces no words when he expresses his disdain for the commonly accepted idea within cryptozoology that they are a type of flesh and blood undiscovered ape. He elaborates on this and the idea of invisibility and Bigfoot thusly. Here it is edited down for clarity. Invisibility of Bigfoot has been known about since at least the 60s. People who know about do not become Bigfoot researchers because they are pretty sure it is a waste of time trying to study something that is invisible most of the time. People who do not know about it may become Bigfoot researchers because they do not know what they are up against. So the law of natural selection weeds out those who know about Bigfoot invisibility in the ranks of researchers. Sally Shepard Wolford's book, the Valley of Skookum clearly describes Bigfoot invisibility. Mary Green's book describes the evidence but fails to reach any conclusion. A fellow Oregon researcher of mine has seen hundreds of Bigfoots. She will not post to the internet for obvious reasons. There is no question in her mind that they are interdimensional and will drift in and out of our dimension right before her eyes. So. The TBRC is pursuing the wrong avenue because they apparently had no one to clue them in. I've had close to 10 Bigfoot stand within 10 feet of, me, feet of me. Guess what? They were all invisible, but they admitted a sensation of an electromagnetic cloud, as well as some other faint electronic snapping, and they were all peaceful. If you are not even thinking about hurting a Bigfoot, then you should have no reason to fear an invisible Bigfoot. All bets are off if you are thinking about hurting, killing, or capturing one, though. Bigfoot research along the paranormal route is busting out into a sprint because they have both contact and communication with them. Flesh and bug research is and will always be absolutely going nowhere. Perhaps the TBRC ought to rethink their beliefs and their goals. Oregon, Oregon is at the extreme cutting edge of Bigfoot research today. I am unaware of any other area that is even close to achieving any significant new results. There is just one giant game going on to try and keep from upsetting too many people about invisibility. My take on invisibility is an inconvenience to proving Bigfoot. The Bigfoot do not use it as a weapon to hurt people who respect them as people. Even when they are invisible, they are concerned that we can see them. 
They use it as a defensive tool to keep from getting hurt or killed by lunatics with guns. I wish we all could do that. Yeah. And there are a lot more Bigfoot than anyone can imagine. They live inside the city limits of Portland, Oregon, and in most woods are that are larger than five acres around here. They just do not often come into our dimension to be seen. So what are we to make of all this, really, <laughs> now that we've gone through these various theories? Is there anything to this at all, or is this just a delusional report or even a hoax? So that we're still talking about Lord Livermore Lab. <laughs> Unfortunately, there is so cor little corroborating evidence on it that we will probably never know for sure. And you can either believe it has merit or consider it to be absurd. It, like many other reports, inhabits that frustrating zone of having the luxury of there being no way to prove or disprove any of it. The evidence has conveniently been destroyed. No one in or around to talk about it anymore. And there are no sources whatsoever on this particular supposed event. It is a blank check to impose whatever meaning you care to give it. Yet bereft of any substance that could actually help us figure it out, the LLNL, Lawrence Livermore National Laboratory, has certainly engaged in some shady things over the, I don't know if they're shady, but they've engaged in some secretive. things. They're secretive. I wouldn't call them shady. And it is so secretive that it seems certain they're up to things that they don't want to, anyone to know about. But whether capture fourth dimensional invisible Bigfoot is one of them is up in the air. Whatever the truth is, it is all certainly a wild ride regardless. The Sasquatch Bigfoot legend lives on. Wherever you stand with the Bigfoot mystery, in all seriousness, you have to admit it's an interesting puzzle. There must be something to the Sasquatch Bigfoot phenomenon. But getting all the pieces to fit together seems impossible at this time. It's kind of like aliens and UFOs and some of the other things. Is Bigfoot some sort of undiscovered ape, possibly a relative of the Yeti, descended from an ancient species called Gigantopithecus? It makes, us a lot of, makes a lot of sense, even though there is no way to prove it in the fossil record, at least at this time. Could Sasquatch be a species of primitive human? Perhaps a remnant population of Homo heidelbergensis oh, that migrated to North America during the last ice age. If not H, then perhaps some of the other species of human far more like us than we'd like to think. Thanks for joining Debbie and I on the Bigfoot Breakdown. Great to have you, Deb. Thanks, Doug. Catch the Alien Probe podcast on Facebook, Instagram at Alien Probe Pod, website at alienprobe.net. We're on Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. And catch us on Alien Probe Podcasts at gmail.com. We welcome all of your questions, inquiries, and suggestions. Until next time, thanks.